Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I'd like to host my own podcast? Well, guess what? You can go to podbean.com slash voices and get everything you need to create, manage, and promote your podcast. I use Podbean every week for voices in my head. There's easy uploading and publishing tools, stunning templates, custom domains, social and promotional tools, an embeddable podcast player, monetization tools, and more. It is your all-in-one podcasting solution. With Podbean, you can create professional podcasts in minutes without any programming knowledge. Best of all, everything is mobile-ready right from the start. So go to podbean.com slash voices. And when you sign up, use the code VOICES and you'll get a sizable discount. Podbean, for your home podcasting. Thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget to let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I am your host, Rick Lee James, and I am so glad that you are here with us again this week. We have a great guest today, Krista Wells, the wonderful singer and songwriter, and we're going to get to know more about her in just a few minutes, and her new album, which is really good. I've had the chance to listen to most of it already. I'll be playing parts of it throughout this podcast today, but we're really excited to have Krista with us today. One thing I wanted to say before we get going is uh, actually two things two quick announcements um, do some housekeeping things and then we'll be off with our conversation today Uh, the national worship leader conference is coming up in nashville tennessee it is one of the most inspirational and uh, informative gatherings of worship leaders and it is a unique event that brings together musicians and songwriters movers and shakers theologians and scholars across the worldwide worship community uh, and so, and I will be there with my friends, Brothers McClurg, this year. So I hope that you can come out and join us. I'll be doing some podcasting while I'm there. Uh, I think I'm going to be playing for the Song Discovery uh, stage, wherever they have that. So just come on out and join with us if you're in the Nashville area, May 7th through 9th. You can go to worshipleader.com slash NWLC for more details on registration. And speaking of Brothers McClurg, who I mentioned a few moments ago, just a couple of weeks ago, I got back from New York where I finished recording my new album with them. And right now we are funding that album on Indiegogo.com. You can go to Indiegogo.com, just look up my name, Rick Lee James, and we have several different perks that we're offering, but one of the favorites right now is you can get two CDs, my former CD, Hymns, Prayers, and Invitations, the new CD, which is going to release in a few months, called Thunder, and you get a book I wrote called Out of the Depths, A Songwriter's Journey Through the Songs, all in this one perk for only $50, plus you get two instant downloads from the new album, including the unreleased Rich Mullins song, Thunder. So go to Indiegogo.com and pre-order my new album today. Just look for Rick Lee James. 
All right. Well, that was a mouthful, and I'm glad to have all that out of the way. My guest today, as I said before, is Krista Wells, and Krista is an award-winning American singer and songwriter who writes deep-reaching alternative pop music. In 2006, Krista was named the GMA Songwriter of the Year for her song Held, which was recorded by Natalie Grant. She has released five albums as an indie artist, the Rogers, Rogers Wells Project, Frame the Clouds, How Emptiness Sings, Feed Your Soul, and Covers, and she will release her newest project, Velveteen, on Tuesday, April the 10th. The first singles are out now, Down Down Low and Velveteen, and they are great songs, and we're going to talk about them today. Krista Wells, welcome to the Voices in My Head podcast. Hey, Rick. Thank you so much. It's an honor to talk with you. My first conversation about the album, actually. Oh, wow. Well, I'm honored. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I am excited to be able to talk to you today and uh, to get to hear a little bit more about it. I've watched some of the things that have been online and just some of the stories behind uh, the, the song Velveteen specifically. And yeah. uh, I, I really think people are going to resonate a lot with this album. And I'm so glad that you have another one coming out. What has it been? Is it make five years, I think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, since I released an um, an originals album, it's been five, it, almost five years. I guess it was okay. sometime in 2013. Yes, so right. I've been been saving up. <laughs> well, that's good. Sometimes you need a little space in between albums, and and it helps out. But you've been writing like crazy. Uh, I don't know if every listener knows this, but you've written a lot of songs that people like uh, like. Ellie Holcomb have recorded mm-hmm. on, on her uh, Red Sea Road. You've uh, written yes. with people like Plum and Selah yes. and Point of Grace. So uh, some of which have been on this podcast. So uh, it's, oh. I, I, yeah, we just had Point of Grace a few months ago whenever oh, they had sweet. their Christmas album out. So uh, so you're, you have written with some really amazing people. And um, before we get too far into the album, I want to yeah. say thank you to our mutual friend Dale Baker for kind yes. of connecting us on this. Dale has been a good friend of mine for years, and I'm guessing, do you know him from your time in North Carolina, or yes. did you know him prior to that? I did not. I had only heard of the legend Dale Baker <laughs> before right. that, and and um, it was it was you know maybe I don't know two thousand six ish or something like that. Okay. And, um, when I was just starting to dabble in playing my own stuff out, and um, or maybe even later, maybe in two thousand eight, and I I had heard people out here in Nashville telling you know talking about Dale. Oh, he lives mm-hmm. there too, and. So I think I'm pretty sure my one of my first efforts to reach out to him was um, me asking him if he'd ever consider playing with me for nearly free. (laughs) Basically, I was like, um, I have like no money. I know you're way above me, but if you would ever, you know, and he was so gracious and we became friends and have gotten to play together a lot through the years since then. Well, we have a similar connection then because I lived uh, fairly close to that area. I lived uh, in Burlington, North Carolina for a couple yeah. of years. And uh, and Dale's wife and I went to school together at Trevecca University in Nashville. Oh, wow. And then, okay. then I moved to North Carolina and, I, and they also moved there because of her working at Duke. So Dale and I used to get together and play music and occasionally he'd come out and play at a couple of my concerts or worship leading events. And yeah. It was the same thing. He was playing for Sixpence None the Richer at the time. <laughs> And uh, and I was like, wow, I've got Sixpence's drummer with me, you know. So, know. but such a such a cool guy, very talented. And uh, the Maudlin Fee is actually his new stage name uh, for yes. his new albums. Uh, it's so but exciting. In, 
Yeah, and I so anyway, I just wanted to say thank you to Dale uh, publicly for connecting us. I just think he's a, a really not just a great musician, which he is, but he's just such a good friend, and I'm I'm so glad uh, that he's doing some new things with his own music and not just mm-hmm. playing behind others all the time. Yes, me too. Well, let's get back to your music, though. Uh, I, I wanted to get a little bit into your backstory today, and, and you can tell us as little or as much as you want, but I see that you, I didn't even realize this until this morning, but I see that you studied at Anderson University in Anderson, Indiana. I did. Um, and yes. I'm, the funny thing about that is another connection point. I am actually from that area as well. My what? family is all from the Anderson Middletown <laughs> area. <laughs> and wow, so, that so, is amazing. What a small yeah. world. Yeah, it it's crazy all the the connections <laughs> to Anderson University and people who have uh, you know just become great musicians. There's yourself. There's people like Sandy Patty, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Sean um, McLaughlin. Yeah, recently. yeah, tons of mm-hmm. them. Yeah, so there's a, a long tradition with Anderson. Yes. So maybe just tell us a little bit of, of your backstory, because I don't know a ton of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you originally from Indiana, or where did you originally uh, hail from? <laughs> no, I, I usually say I'm from the Army, because my dad was in the Army the whole gotcha. time I was growing up. So um, we moved every, you know, one to four years, and, um, and yeah, spent time in the Midwest, in the South, in Germany several years, West Coast a little bit, East Coast, so sure. uh, a little bit of everywhere. And my parents landed in Wheaton, Illinois, well, landed as in his first job outside of the military was in Wheaton. So I finished high school in Wheaton and then was looking for a school that would be away from there, away from home, but would be close enough to get home on a weekend if I wanted to. So, and then I was also looking for a music business program and preferred a small school, did not want to go to a big state school. So there were not a lot of options at that time that I was aware of that Hmm. fit all my criteria. Um, so I found Greenville College in Illinois, and I found Anderson University in Indiana, and those are the only two schools I applied to. Wow. <laughs> and um, I chose Anderson and had a wonderful, awesome college experience, loved it, made a lot of close friends who are still my people today, you know, yeah. and, um, and, you know, have gotten to connect into the music world, the music, professional music world, um, in some ways because of the friendships and connections from Anderson. Yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it? I I don't know if you had any connection with the Gaithers while you were there. Um, But they it's always fascinating to me the way that they have sort of been the the wind beneath the wings of so many people from so many different genres. And I I think that we often think of them as just you know that well they're just southern gospel people but really they've they were kind of contemporary before contemporary happened you know yes. back in the day yeah and, and they just uh, have a lot of wisdom and a lot of um generosity and when i was there i was singing backup for their son benji gaither a friend of mine who hmm. now lives here in nashville but i was singing for his band for a couple years and um also had songwriting class with gloria gaither she was really gracious to, you know, I don't know, a handful of semesters she came over and taught songwriting. And that was uh, maybe the most valuable class I had during hmm. my four and a half years. And again, totally different genre. But, she, you know, a lot of the principles of songwriting and lyricism, they're true. 
no matter what you're working on. Sure. You know. So. Well, and and I think of uh, you know great songs. I think can can be translated into a lot of different styles. We're we're singing because he lives this Sunday at church because mm-hmm. it's Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, but we're we're doing it a little more rocked up than you know <laughs> it was ever intended to be. But I think that's kind of again the mark of a good song is one that I think you can do a lot of different ways. And uh, obviously it's it's transcendent time. I think Gloria yeah. Gaither's hymn. It's in our our hymn book in the Church of the Nazarene, but she wrote a hymn uh, to the to the tune of Finlandia called I, I Then Shall Live. And I mm. think it's about one of the finest hymns I've ever heard written, mm. um, period. Uh, of It's it's just timeless, and it's, it's just so well describes uh, what Christianity is. So there's a lot of depth there. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you had a chance to spend some time with them. And so yes. so from, from college, it, it seems that just a little that I know about you, you didn't take the the traditional artist path. You were working more mm-hmm. as a writer and, and you ended up at some point in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is, yeah. is where we talked about. Um, so how did, how did your, um, I guess maybe walk us through a little bit of your, your story from the time you left college to when you got into songwriting and uh-huh. uh, whatever you find to be interesting in that time. I'd just yeah. love to hear some more of your backstory. Yeah. Well, the highlights are the, the pivotal moments, I guess, were um, I joined a band at, towards the end of college with some friends, and <clears throat> that was what I really wanted to do at the time. I'd always thought I wanted to sing, and um, and songwriting came about naturally later in high school, but even before then, I, I didn't know anything about songwriting. I just knew I loved to sing. So mm. I joined this band, but in and which was a tremendous amount of fun, and I learned a lot, but it also revealed just how... Um, how much performance anxiety I mm. I had, and it it was just kind of a plague. You know, I couldn't enjoy sharing the music, playing mm. songs because I just felt so um, overwhelmed with anxiety. So um, I still kept thinking I wanted to do it. We moved my I got married. My husband and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, um, for his work and left Anderson, but my band was still back home. A few months in, I decided I loved the band, but the music we were making wasn't really where my heart was at, and I wanted to explore my own writing and do that. Mm-hmm. So I left the band, and a couple minute, a couple months after that, my husband was uh, offered a job in Raleigh, North Carolina, and so we headed over there. And so now I'm completely lost because I'm like, I don't know a soul out here. Mm-hmm. I'm not an ambitious kind of person. I'm not, I'm not feeling brave. I don't know what I'm good at because I thought for sure it was music, but now here I am like barely able to get up on stage and perform. Mm. And what does a songwriter do out in North Carolina? I don't know. You know, I was just really lost at that point and, um, had a great conversation with, uh, a veteran songwriter named Dwight Lyles here in Nashville. It's just kind of, my mom had met him somewhere and he agreed to meet me. And, um, one of the uh, things, two things that he said to me in that conversation that were huge for me was, number one, he listened to my story and he said, you know, I'm kind of hearing that you might be a better fit as a songwriter than a performer. It seems mm. like, you know, it might work better for you. And he gave me a, a little bit of insight as to how to pursue that. Um, but secondly, and it may have been the last thing he said to me that day was, um, he's like, I believe that, you know, God is sovereign and he said i I believe that ultimately if this is the work that he wants you to do 
then you won't really be able to do enough things wrong to keep it from happening. Mm-hmm. And if you know, and vice versa, if it's not what he wants you to do, you could do all the right things, and it's just not going to pan out. And um, you know, theologically, people are all, all over the place on on that. But yeah. at the time, it really, um, it really, res- it gave me a lot of peace to just acknowledge um, the involvement of the divine in, Mm. in our life, you know, in our life path. And so I felt like, okay, um, that freed me to do all the things I felt like you needed to do that one should do to be braver, to put myself out there, to kind of, you know, try to reestablish some connections I'd had previously and nurture my skills and my gifts, but it took kind of the burden off my shoulders. It made me go, I'm going to do my part. And that's all I can do. Hmm. And if God wants it to happen, he'll make it happen. And, um, you know, I'm out there again and, you know, far away from the music industry thinking, well, you know, this is a lot of, I've got a lot of obstacles here. (laughs) My own personality is in the way and my circumstances. And a few years later, 2000, maybe 2000, 2001, um, I had been doing some writing with Tiffany Arbuckle-Lee, who um, was a friend of mine, but she had started... Uh, the band Plum, or mm. started being Plum, and uh, she wanted to record a couple of the songs we'd written. And her husband approached and said, um, you know what, we're going to start handling Tiffany's publishing on our own, and I would love to try to handle your publishing. I would love to try to pitch some of your stuff. Mm. And it was out of the blue. I had not, you know, I had taken some steps to get out here and do some co-writing and all of that. I'd done what I knew to do, but I had not gone and knocked on publishers' doors, and I didn't know how to take a next step. Um, and so Jeremy Lee did that. You know, he um, took that on, and he and Tiffany together started pitching some songs. So the Point of Grace song, um, Day by Day, was the first one. And, and that, um, you know, just was a very personal thing for me spiritually mm. because I felt like... I don't, this isn't even about what the world sees. This is totally between, for me, between me and God. Because Mm -hmm. I felt like as a little girl, he had communicated to me in some intangible way. You're going to, I've planted this love of music in your heart and it's not for nothing. It's going to be fulfilling work for you. And I really deeply believed that even though I was terrified all through my teenage years and in early adulthood. But then there had been this lull, you know, when we moved out here and I was like, okay, maybe I heard wrong. Maybe, mm. I don't know. And then the night I got that call that, um, that, you know, the ladies point of grace wanted to use that song. Yeah. Actually, it felt so personal. It felt like sure. I don't care about any of the accoutrements or whatever that might go along with this. This just means God sees me and mm. he did plant that desire and he was faithful to it even when I had no means to bring it about myself. Wow. So that yeah. that is really where how it all began. That's great. Man. Well, and in in the midst of that time I, I love hearing stories and I I, I want to spend uh, time talking about your new songs. But the song that really kind of I think put you on a map as a songwriter and and helped you to you know, win the GMA award mm-hmm. for songwriter of the year was the song held. Yes. And, um, talk about a song that is 
I mean, I I don't know how Natalie Grant sings it without breaking down in tears because <laughs> I'm one of those people that I get moved by things and I have trouble finishing the song. Um, yes, but it too. it feels like such a powerful story and um, and even even just this week, um, uh, my my wife and I have been leaning on um, stories like that because we we ourselves just this past week had a, another miscarriage and oh, um, man, and I was. Oh well, thank you, and uh, and I, I I don't say that for any other reason than to just yeah. to say, songs like this. Um, I, I got to say the same thing to Andrew Peterson about some of his songs and the times he's been here. I always want to thank artists like you, who write music that is um, maybe doesn't seem even commercial at first, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I don't know that I don't know that held. <laughs> feels like a radio hit at, you know like no. in the traditional sense but there's something about it that so resonates with um, people like us who have been through um, such tragedies you know mm-hmm. and, and in those ways and and God uses them to speak to us and to bring healing in the hurt and yes. so I, I wanted to take a moment to talk about that song too uh-huh. but also before we got too far into it just to thank you um, because songs like that are things that are helping us right now to cope, mm. and and um, and we just appreciate it so much. Would you mind for for listeners that may not know the story of that song, just kind of sharing where that came from? Yes, um, we had just moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. Again, that was in that, that first couple years there. Um, I was getting to know, I mean, I'd been married several years, but I was getting to know my uh, mother-in-law a lot better Mm -hmm. and her story. Um, And I became really close friends with a woman who was 10 or 15 years older than me named Patty. And she had recently been widowed. Um, My mother-in-law had a story I had not heard previously about um, delivering a stillborn baby girl Mm -hmm. um, full term. And, um, and then I became close friends with another woman who was a few years ahead of me named Vanitha. And we were going to the same church and I um, had actually brought her a meal after she gave birth to her baby boy, Paul. But um, two months or eight weeks after he was born, he um, he died. He had a heart complication that they were aware of, but they, um, they lost him unexpectedly. So... You know, I had a a friend who had lost a husband with three little kids, another friend who had lost a baby at two months, and my mother-in-law who had delivered a stillborn baby. And um, all of these, because they they had gone through this, first of all, which had taken them to new depths, you know, spiritually, but then also because they age-wise were a few years ahead of me, Mm. I was able to just kind of sit at their feet. And I listened and hung on every word they were willing to share during those couple years of getting to know one another. They had so such wisdom, and I, I used to always say um, that they had experienced devastation, but they were not living devastated lives mm. because all of them were bearing so much fruit and had such capacity for joy and such compassion for others. And um, So I really felt like during for a few months, I was just storing up all their words and then yeah. at one point, I believe it it was either 1999 or 2000, I wrote the song and, um, and I think I recorded it on an eight track or something for, um, 
for Mother's Day gift mm. for them. So I was not, I had not yet met with Jeremy. I, I wasn't being published or handled or doing mm-hmm. anything other than writing songs for people I knew. And that's, I suggest that to all yeah. the young writers I work with. I'm like, just start writing for people that you know, you know, give it away. And it's, so that song sat around for a few years. And then um, Jeremy and Tiffany kept trying to share it and share it with people out here in Nashville. And a lot of recognizable names, you know, said, uh, I don't think we can do that song. Like, I think mm. we need to rewrite it. We had publishers or staff writers trying to rewrite the lyrics um, mm. trying to make it a little easier, a little <laughs> more palatable. Been there, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we all have. And um, one day, Tiffany Lee was in a co-write with Natalie Grant, who wasn't recognizable to a lot of us at that point, but she was about to write, you know, they were working on an album, and she Tiffany's like, can I play you this song? Which is super generous of another yeah. writer to play a song she hadn't even written on. And she's like, I, I want you to hear this song. And Natalie heard it and apparently called her husband Bernie on the drive home and was like, I would be crazy not to record this the way it is. Wow. And so she just, God gave her the vision to for that song. And she was able to hear that people need to hear this kind of rawness, yeah. this unpolished. And yeah, then I, I knew it was going to be recorded. I had no inkling or no you know reason to think it would ever be a single. Yeah. And uh I thought, like you, I was like, this isn't even radio format, these two mm. long verses <laughs> before you get to the chorus. And, yeah. But. Well, and, and and some of my favorite songs are not like radio format songs, right. like you say. And, th- and this is one that I just, I think it connects to so many people on such a different level. And I think there are just some songs that, for whatever reason, uh, there, are, there are a ton of good songs out there. And there's a ton of great songs out there even. But there's. At times, it just feels like the Holy Spirit just puts his mark on certain songs, too. Mm, and yeah. to me, that feels like this song, you know, yeah. like when, when you hear it, there's something that God does um, in, in the midst of hearing it that I think I think God uses it and works through it. And what a what an amazing gift that um, that I, I think God gave you in that song and in the writing of it, because I really do feel like it. Is, is touching people in ways that no other thing can. You know, mm. there's just times, for me anyway, uh, a song can move me and, and help me deal with emotions that I didn't know I even had in ways that nothing else can, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, And, and Held is definitely one of those songs. Well, um, I, I want to fast forward to your, your new EP. I appreciate you sharing that story. And there's another song that it feels like a deeply personal song called Velveteen that you wrote. Yes. And um, it's, it's probably my favorite of those that I've heard on the new EP so far. Love spoke my name And I felt life run through me Reborn in the flames Nothing can undo me I believe that I'm becoming So if my beauty starts to fade Well, I've been held in a thousand ways If my heart looks broken in Then I've been brave enough to live If perfect turns to perfect mess And all your love is all that's left Then I'm as real as real can be Call me Velveteen 
and I would love to hear some of the backstory to that. I, I know it has to do some with the Velveteen Rabbit, obviously <laughs> with, the, with the, the title itself, but I, I feel like there's more to it that I'd love to hear about. Yes. Um, I, I get so many ideas and song titles that probably you're the same way from books that I'm reading or you know, conversation sermons that it's not like they come out of my own head. <laughs> so mm-hmm. only, sure. uh, I wish I was that original, but I, um, books, I love to read and books tend to meet me. I just, it's almost mystical how whatever I happen to pick up seems to find intersect with something unspoken or very personal in my life. And so, um, after moving here to Nashville in the summer of 2016, um, are you still there? Yes, I oh. am. I muted it so I wouldn't make noise while you were talking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. I just wanted to make sure before I got too far in. Yeah, go right so, ahead. Okay. We moved here in the summer of 2016 and, uh, we were, my husband and I were, had been in a difficult place for several years. Um, and the year prior to moving here, we were entirely separated physically because he was living and working in Nashville Mm. and the kids and I were, um, finishing out our year in, um, in Raleigh. So we were very excited to get here and have a fresh start. But, Mm -hmm. um, that year turned out to be very difficult in, in our, in our marriage. Um, Mm. it, it just, things were not resolving the way that we hoped it would be. So um, I found that I was just leaning deeply into poetry and books early in the morning, you know, sitting with my coffee and just trying to breathe, you know, trying to yeah. breathe and pray and and find the strength to get through the day and to know what to do next and what do I have control over and what do I not have control over. And um, Ann Voskamp is a friend from of several years and she um, had just released her book, The Broken Way. And she sent the book, a copy of the book to me that fall. Mm. And as I was reading it, there's a section where she's um, kind of fleshing out this metaphor of the velveteen rabbit having to do with her um, relationship with her mom and trying to speak to her mom about the good work that suffering had done in her life, you know, Mm. and, and the beauty that it had brought about and the beauty of our scars. And so Anne was talking about, um, the Velveteen Rabbit. I've heard that story so many times, as all of us have, but I don't think I'd ever paid attention to it the way I did because um, as I read her interpretation of it, I just was seeing myself. Hmm. And I was seeing a hope in it because the pain of this character, this rabbit, um, the pain he had to endure, but it wasn't for nothing. It was... It was truly um, a process of him becoming more who he was meant to be than he had ever realized was possible. Mm. And I saw in myself that I was having to release and let go of so many expectations in life, so many dreams, so many um, things that I was clinging to and that things that were defining me, that were part sure. of my identity. And I, I realized I had no power to, to keep hold on those, you know, that I had to let them go. And at the same time, I recognized when I read that story that even though the pain was just 
at times almost unbearable. Um, there was deep down in me an awareness that I was not being entirely destroyed, hmm. that I was losing many things, but that I, the essence of who I am as a human and as a child of God was not being demolished, but was expanding. And it was so upside down. And I couldn't have fathomed that had I not walked through it, I think. Um, I had heard people say things like that who have gone to these dark places already, but I I couldn't internalize it without going through it myself. Hmm. Um, I held that image the velveteen when i read it i think i made a note of it in my journal and was like this i have to do something with this but kind of like a few years ago when also by ann voskamp's inspiration i wrote a song called how emptiness sings i knew it was special i just Mm -hmm. knew it the morning i read it i knew it was special i knew i had to write it and i was terrified of ruining it (laughs) you know as a songwriter i was like this i can make this so cheesy and bad if i'm not careful with it so I just sat on it. Plus, I was going through so much turmoil here that mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I wasn't able yet. But the next spring, um, I started dabbling in it or early summer at some point. And I sat down one day and I wrote the chorus in almost or nearly as it is now. Um, and I fell in love with it. I thought, I, this this is expressing what I want it to express. And by that that point, my husband and I were separated. Mm. And um, I had never anticipated that being a part of my journey. Never was even on the table. You know, we had always yeah. said that's not on the table. But at that point, it was out of my hands. I had done everything I could do. Mm. So I had to let that go. And I had to write the song. Yeah. And a couple months of trying and trying to write the verses, I couldn't do it. And um, I had also stepped away from it. And as a songwriter, sometimes, I don't know if you've had this happen, but if you write a part that you love and then you Mm -hmm. don't keep going when you're still in that space, you can kind of lose your way. Yeah. And so I, you know, it was the last song that we wrote for the album. Um, But I knew even then that it probably would be the title track if I could just get these verses. And so I met, uh, spent a day with my friend Nicole Witt, and um, she and I worked on it, you know, and fleshed it out. We had a book about Velveteen Rabbit in front of us, and we we wrote the verses. Then when I got to the studio, I played what we had for Ben Shive, and he was like, I love a lot of this, and I I don't think it's there yet. And so he gave me some direction. I took it home, worked on it some more came back in you know it was literally like that like almost on the day of you know tracking um we were still going i think we need to swap this verse for that verse and um so it was a hard it was a difficult one but it it felt like it was important to finish Mm -hmm. it well i'm certainly glad you did it's it's a it's a powerful song and um, and, and yes, I have been there with needing to rewrite things for sure. Matter of fact, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in a studio in New York and, um, and, and one of the guys in the band said, you know, you might want to change that song. It sounds just like this other song. And I was like, oh, yeah. what? And then I went, <laughs> I went, oh no, you're right. It's like that, you know? Yes. So yeah, like yes. kind of on the spot, some of those moments happen, but it doesn't feel like it was one of those songs that it actually feels so free flowing in, in the way that you sing it and the way that it comes across. And, um, yeah. And you know, if 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 memory serves, even in you know the the Velveteen Rabbit 
like story there's something in the the book about the the rabbit has to go through the fire at some point before it really you know yes make, makes makes it to the point of this journey where it where it needs to be you know exactly and, um, and your your song really kind of represents that the way that it's sung as well and um yeah i just Thank i really you. like that one a lot i think you did a great job with it and um Thank you. I, I, and let me say as well, I, I want to stop because I, I feel like I need to just acknowledge a minute, you know, the, the sacred moment that you just shared. Not everybody is that transparent to talk about, you know, problems that they've had in marriage and in life. And, uh, and I, I, I feel like that is a, it's a gift that you're giving to us by sharing those stories with us and, mm. and helping us. I, I too have, have been there and, mm. and I, um, I so appreciate because sometimes those wounds that we bear, God can use to bring healing in others um, and in ourselves. And I, I just, I know somebody's going to be listening to this and hearing that and thinking, you know, well, these artists, they all have it together. But, you know, <laughs> right. when we hear these things, we're all people that are on this journey that de- that desperately need a God who can um, can pick us up and mend us and, and take us through those hard places together. So I, I wanted to to stop and say that to you, say thank you for um, being so transparent as as we talk about these things. I think that there is power in that, and I think there is a, a real a strength of healing that can come through our honesty in those moments. And yeah. and it feels like maybe a lot of this record um, has has that. There's there's a song which is actually a lot more upbeat and uh it's down down low and uh, it's 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 a more it's a almost like a soulful kind of upbeat uh Mm -hmm. i don't know how to describe it bluesy pop maybe (laughs) something like that sometimes you gotta go dark sometimes you gotta be quiet sometimes you gotta get far from the voices that stir up violence everybody wants to talk nobody wants to listen everybody wants to talk nobody wants to listen you gotta get 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 down down low you gotta turn 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 it down down low you gotta take it take it take it down down low you gotta get down Sometimes you gotta go first Sometimes you gotta be sorry Sometimes you're gonna get hurt And go back to where you started Everybody wants to win Nobody wants to listen Everybody wants to win Nobody wants to listen You gotta get, get, get Down, down, low You gotta turn, turn, turn it Down, down, low You gotta take it, take it, take it Yeah, and it's a totally different direction. It's a lot of the songs on the album. I mean, it's, there are only seven songs, but quite you know the majority of them were connected to my relational crisis sure. um, in one way or another. But this song actually was. I mean, I could apply it there probably, but it it didn't originate from that at all. It was actually written during during that same fall. Um, but it was election season. <laughs> oh, I, and... I don't know anything that was tumultuous about that. What, I know. What, no, but I what was happened the there? Who stressed out, but <laughs> the rest of the country was calm, calm as cucumbers. It's been smooth no. sailing ever since. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, please continue. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, my personality is um, definitely a peacemaking, mediating, indecisive. I see both sides of everything. Um, kind of personality. And so 
I, I don't like conflict anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning to have a healthier acceptance of conflict, but um, it doesn't, it's not my favorite for sure. sure. Um, so when I'm, you know, and I do have family members who like love the debate, you know, and so I know that exists. You can, you can <laughs> love yeah. it without being hateful as well. But um, I just was at times feeling like, okay, I need to know what's going on. I need to enter and engage. But also, there's so much anger. It feels like vi- it feels like violence to me. Yeah. The the way people are speaking to one another, and you know, also as a Christ follower, I expect that to go on in the world. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to ever expect it from people who claim to follow Christ. I, right. And that's not to say we should be silent because I there our lives need to speak and our words need to speak up for the oppressed and for the, um, for the goodness and the truth. And we need to be willing to lay it all on the line for that as well. But there is a difference. You can do that without being hateful, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just felt disappointed, you know, in a lot of the voices that were out there. I felt, um, tired, I'm tired of hearing weary and I did. And then sometimes even, you know, when I would get myself all worked up about things, I would just get tired of hearing myself talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I just need a break. And I know many people felt that way. I remember seeing a lot of people say, I'm just taking a break from Facebook until this whole thing is done. Mm-hmm. Um, and the election season was just, um, you know, it was an intensified yeah. moment, but it's, it, this happens all the time. You know, this yeah. is just the, what we deal with all the time. So that just happened to be what, you know, the impetus behind me writing the song at that moment. But I was driving by myself from Atlanta after a gig, and I was, I always write at the piano, so it was unusual. That's probably why this song sounds different, is because mm-hmm. I wasn't writing at the piano. And that, the first lines just came to me. Sometimes you gotta go dark. Sometimes you gotta be quiet. And uh, I just started writing that way. And then, you know, it's all pretty much on that same chord. Everybody wants to talk. Nobody wants to listen. You gotta get, get, get. So, you know, it just stays right there. It's just different melodic yeah. variations in that same space. So, um, that just makes I, me want to hear you sing that for like 20 minutes. It's so good. <laughs> Even just a cappella. It's so good. <laughs> uh, and I sent it to, um, I came home and finished it. And it's just, it's a song about, you know, needing to give yourself space, not just for your own sake, although that's important, just for your own mental health, but also just learning to be quiet and listen mm. for a minute. Just listen to what the other side is saying, not listening, waiting for your chance to rebut but just to actually try to understand where they're coming from and the chorus is you got to get 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 down down low yeah. um, you got to turn it down low you got to take it down low and that's just humility that's what the song is mainly about is mm. practicing humility because um, and what humility leads to you know in the bridge is this opportunity for a deeper kind of harmony a harmony is not unison it is mm-hmm. not we are all in agreement right you know we need all the differing voices, but we can be in different places and still work together. Yeah. That's possible. And I think people have just given up in a way on on believing that that's possible. Well, you're, you're right. And that's actually a great way to describe that because you're right. Harmony is the part that actually makes the song the most beautiful when you get mm-hmm. the harmonies together. And yeah. if everybody 
sang the exact same note. It wouldn't be interesting. It would. It might be okay, but it wouldn't be as beautiful as it was. And one yeah. thing that uh, just culturally, culturally, it feels like right now to me um, is it's not. You know, I have this opinion, you have that opinion, we feel different ways. It's I have this opinion and you're evil if you don't share exactly. that same opinion, you know, and, and yes. it just creates this very unhelpful environment and it makes conversation impossible yes. uh, because we, we tend to look at um, look at other people. Well, we, we other them for one thing. We make them yes. this person that's different than us. And uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom uh, in the song. And it, it's funny that, you know, the song is about kind of... Uh, getting away from things getting down low and and sort of unplugging a little bit but it's such like a, a catchy poppy type song too, mm-hmm. know. You know? which I is know. kind of fun it's it's a nice it's a nice juxtaposition with those two things mm-hmm. um but i really like that about what you said about harmony i i think that is uh if we could understand that more with each other not just in the church but outside the church may, maybe we need to be reminded of it in the church too though because um, every every four years, you know, we have this election stuff that happens, and without fail, it always just seems to drive people, you know, it, it, especially this last election, it just drove people out of the church by droves. They have yes. statistics of people that felt um, their church was not a safe place for them to have conversations or fellowship, and they just, you know, felt like they had to leave. And mm-hmm. when that's the, when that's creeping into the church, that's when it starts to scare me, you know, a mm-hmm. lot because that really should be our our sanctuary and our refuge. It should be our place where we can come and lose all of our identity in Christ, and all those other things have to fall aside. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna remember that about harmony. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and sorry, you were about to say something. Oh no, I was just gonna say, you know, that the uh, I've just become more aware over the last couple of years how much it has to do with the, our innate, it seems like an innate desire to control other people. And it's mm. both, so you see it like in this song, I was m- more, believe, you know, more writing from a macro kind of global perspective, but it, it's true on an interpersonal relational weather, uh, level as well. And mm-hmm. in the other song that I released recently, Butterfly, it's kind of the same dynamic playing out. It's, um, wanting to learn to let go of that need to control and to be in perfect agreement with someone before I can love them. So Yeah. Yeah. Well that's great. Can we talk just a little bit about butterfly? Butterfly is um, a song I wrote for my oldest son, and he was getting ready to graduate from high school. And I just started writing 
this song about our relationship. And, you know, it's just so humbling as you get older as a parent because they can see you more, much more clearly. You know, when they're right. five and six, it's like you are a god. You know, yeah. you have it all together. And you just feel so, like, see-through by the time mm. they're teenagers. And especially if you're going through a crisis like I was, like we were, I just was like, oh, man, like we're just shattering any delusions yeah. <laughs> that they had that we were great people who had it all together and so you know it's just kind of starting out saying i know you can see it now that i'm i'm only human after all and the answers you know the questions they asked when they were younger were so much easier and now i feel like i'm saying i don't know so much more of the time and um you know you you set into raising another human with these grand expectations of doing it i mean you it's like we all do this like you think I'm going to do it better than anybody who's gone before me. (laughs) And if I do X, Y, and Z, if I execute the plan, then they are all going to come out to believe what I believe. And you know what? And um, that's not the way it happens. So, um, and both my husband and I are pretty, are for the most part, we actually are very artistic and creative and, and that lends itself to wanting to raise kids who ask questions and try to do things in, and express in new ways. Um, so that's what we got. We, <laughs> we got sure, kids right. who think their own <laughs> thoughts. And I just really wanted my son to know, like, at that point, as he's going off, you know, into the next phase, that, like, I do not need you to hide yourself from me. I do not mm. need you. Now I'm glad to not be the boss of you anymore. Like, you can go and make your own choices. And whatever those choices are, you can come home, you know, and I and the whole butterfly image was risky because it's, I didn't, I don't think he would resonate with the image of a butterfly, but it right. just worked to tell the story of transformation and becoming mm-hmm. again, which is the same velveteen theme in a way, you know, becoming. Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, go do what you got to do, and and I'm so excited to hear about your experience and what mm. you see through your unique lens, because they're teaching me all the time um, how to see differently. Wow, that's great. So it's in a way a simple song because it's just pretty clear cut. It's just letting letting a person go, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly glad that we had a chance to talk about some of these songs today, and uh, we've. Thank you again. Thank you for just being so transparent about the writing. I think it not only helps, um, not only helps people who might be struggling uh, to hear some of your story. But I think it even helps. We have a lot of songwriters that listen to this podcast and, and people who are creative types. And I think it helps them to kind of know it's it's okay to, you know, have, have these seasons of life where mm-hmm. everything's not always working great. It doesn't mean you have to give up. And, and artists, you know, if, I, don't, I don't know if you're like me or not, but you probably are because almost all of us, we feel like <laughs> somebody's going to find us out at some point yeah. that we're not really an artist. <laughs> you know, like, like they're going to find out I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not one of them uh, yeah. somehow. And even even like some of the greats, I think, struggle with that whole thing. And so if anything, maybe we can be a bit of an encouragement today to people as well who are in the creative field. And that can be that can cover so many different things from songwriting to um, even pastoral ministry in a lot of ways. There's a lot of creativity that has to happen there. And I just so appreciate your your being willing to share some of your story today, to share these songs with us. Um, and I want to encourage everybody who's listening, 
to on April 10th uh, go out and get a copy of Velveteen because I've been enjoying these songs and I think that you really are going to as well. Uh, is is there a way that they can pre-order the album right now? Yes, actually, it it is up for pre-order on iTunes. So iTunes, okay, that's easy. it's like five ninety nine. Awesome. You know, so. Okay, great. So make sure if you use iTunes, you go ahead and, and go there and check these out. You can hear some great songs. There are actually a couple of, uh, of YouTube videos as well where people yes. can hear the music. And um, i tell you what, we'll just send people to crystalwellsmusic.com because that's going to have all the information that they need there. And it's a, it's a really cool website. You've got some great blog posts on there that you've written about uh, music and creativity and family life and all sorts of things. So I I think that if people want to check out more about not only your music but just a lot of the other endeavors that you have, but we didn't even talk about more than rubies today uh, <laughs> with with Nicole Witt who right. you mentioned, but uh, sort of the folk inspired uh, music that you have uh, with her. And um, we just appreciate what you do here and appreciate you taking time. Is there anything that I've left out that we should focus on before we close out our conversation today? Man, I don't think so. I feel like I've talked your ear off. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have enjoyed every minute of it. I've enjoyed the uh, UPS package delivery or whatever it was, you know, that came in in the midst that our listeners won't know about because I will have know. edited it out by that time. Um, but it's been great to sit down with you today, and I hope we can do it again sometime. I wish you all the best on the release of this new album. I know it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Thank you so much. Oh, sure thing. Well, Krista Wells... Thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. Thank you for joining me here this week on the Voices in My Head podcast. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleyjames.com. Follow me on Twitter at rickleyjames. Like my artist page on Facebook at facebook.com slash rickleyjames. And keep up to date on what I'm writing at my author page on amazon.com. Make sure to follow my calendar on the website, and if you would like to have me come to your town to do a concert, a speaking engagement, or a book event, you can book me through my website by clicking on the link for Pair Booking Agency. That's P-A-R-E Booking. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave me a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast is on the internet. And now the benediction. May the God of peace who raised Christ from the dead strengthen your inner being for every good work. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. Amen.